sorry. Didn't mean to frighten anyone. You're a bit late for that. Then there were three more murders. The whole Let's consider each murder one by one. Uh, twice. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I was I was debating on Colonel Mustard, and I'm like, I don't know how to spell Colonel. I, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I had I had Mr. Green, right? Did you guys not see that? And uh, I jumped off. I was like, fuck, he has Mr. Green. I have to jump off on it. Colonel Mustard. Damn it, Professor Plum's already taken. <laughs> no one doesn't want to be Wadsworth. He's the shit, dude. Oh, Wadsworth but, or Mr. Body, Mr. depending Mr. on which Mr. enemy Body, you got. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of Season 4 of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. Husbands should be like Kleenexes, soft, strong, and disposable. (laughs) Eddie? One plus two plus two plus one. (laughs) No, if you have one, one plus, plus two, two plus, plus two, two plus, 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 plus one. <laughs> and Brandon. This is war, Peacock. Which, by the way, I think is just one of the funniest lines. <laughs> it's so out of order. I love it. I love it. Corn mustard. Yeah. You can't make an omelet without breaking the eggs. And she goes, well, look what happened to the cook. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Oh, Eddie, it's your turn. Yes. This movie, I laugh for fucking 45 minutes. I don't know what to tell you. Yes. Eddie, go ahead. With season four, we're picking movies that we'll think will be fun to talk about like this one. Some of these will be from our private collections, while others will be from new releases in theaters. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film that we just watched? Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being a perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober. And five being sort of the film that makes you feel like you got stabbed to death. Wait, no, beaten with the wrench to death. Nope, nope, nope. Knocked out with a candlestick. That's what I'm talking about. Mm, strangled. How about strangled over a, a noose? Yeah. With that, uh, what uh, movie do we have in which room being murdered by which item there, gentlemen? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Someday the script is going to be perfect, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tonight, okay, go ahead. tonight we have the 1985 whodunit comedy classic Clue. This movie brings to life the favorite board game for so many people. The story follows six guests who show up at a creepy mansion on a dark and stormy night. As the evening progresses, secrets are unveiled, murders pile up, and we're left trying to figure out who the culprit really is, along with the weapon and location of the murders. Clue is a true example of an ensemble cast that includes actors Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Madeline Kahn, Eileen Brennan, Michael McKean, and Martin Mole, among many, many others. The movie has earned an IMDb rating of 7.2 out of 10 and has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 70% with the critics and an audience score of 82%. What? 82%? You got that wrong. I mean that in a very nice way. I looked that up. How the, f- how the fuck did you get? How'd you, you, Leslie Ann Warren didn't make the cut? Is it 86%? It's 86%, man. Well, I, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and retcon that one way, and say way to go, 86%. Way to go, Brandon. Way to go. <laughs> it's because it was made in 1985. That's what it was. By the way, greatest year no, ever, Ed. Uh, <laughs> greatest year ever. Yes. Unless, am I right? Greatest year ever. Uh, as with every movie we review, we would try to pair it with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. So, Ed, please tell us what drink we'll be enjoying in the library this evening. Yes, I am drinking this right now. 
One of my favorites, almost. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, this is like the greatest drink ever, yeah. <laughs> tonight, tonight we're drinking the No Clue Cocktail. For this drink, you'll need one and a half ounces of triple sec, two ounces Sweet. of vodka, three ounces Sweet. of Dr. Pepper soda. Uh, if you can try to get Mr. Pib, I recommend that too. Simply pour he the He doesn't tri- even have his degree. How could you say that? He doesn't even have his degree. <sighs> but Mr. Pib is pretty damn good. Dr. You know Shasta. What? How about Mr. No, oh, that was a good job. That was a good job. Simply pour the triple sec vodka and Dr. Pepper into an ice-filled Collins glass and stir. Then sit back and try to figure out who and where the murderer really is. Wait, wait, Sean, let me ask you real quick. We talked about this the other day, but uh, what is a Collins glass? Quick, give us a, a run-through of our glass. A Collins no glass is, is a is so it's a taller glass. It's tall, cylindrical, I was right. um, as opposed to a short highball glass, which is shorter and thicker wider what did mrs like, peacock guys, have when she mrs. thought peacock she had a sherry a sherry glass why didn't we have she that was drinking Brandon. sherry that would be <laughs> because perfect. jeremiah did not provide me with that jer thank you for finding this maybe she's poisoned <laughs> <laughs> so i want to start by getting i know we haven't done this in a long time but um this is probably only the second or third time i've ever seen this movie actually all the way through yeah. and i I have to, I have to, I've had Jeremiah's back. I've told him a thousand times. If you want to put this on the podcast, I'm not going to destroy it. I'm not going to bash it. I will be, I'll have your back. And I watched this movie and at the very beginning when he, when he uh, gets the steps in shit and everyone can smell the shit, I'm like, what the fuck did you get me into right now? Every time I I forgot about that. (laughs) Anyway, so I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold back, but this movie, I was so blown away by how good this was after not really watching the whole thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you, Jeremy, for bringing it to the <laughs> podcast attention. Brandon, how many times have you seen this? What's going on? This is my second time I've ever seen it. And the first time I ever saw it, I think I was like 12 or 13. And I think like you, you know, it, it's a movie that tends to be or <laughs> tends to be when we used to have like cable, right? And, and kind of you would just flip through the channel and be like USA and TNT and right. TBS. It was a movie that was always on, so I've seen bits and parts of it. But this is yeah, Still the have second time about. I've sat through it from <laughs> beginning to end. Uh, and fuck off, Ed. And uh, no, I, I think that I, I was just like you, Sean. I, and I, this is one of the, my my few. I'd say few criticisms. I'm going to get it out of the way now. Is that that joke went on way too long? Right to me. <laughs> And and I think I was I was thinking the exact same thing that you were. I'm like, dude, this okay, move on. Let's find a new joke. And I'm I I was honestly, Jared, I was like, maybe I remember it being better in my mind because I was a kid. I was worried, man. I was about to text you and be like, I don't know what she got us into. (laughs) But but I appreciate watching it again, man. There you go. So I've watched this possibly like ten times. Okay, ten times. And for some reason, I have never seen that shit joke the whole, until this <laughs> time. So I, 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 the whole entrance and the dodds, I was like, oh, shit, there's dodds in the front. And, and the house is amazing. But like the whole shit thing, it, I saw it the first time. I was like, okay. like, And then he's you know, scrubbing on the, the entrance. So it smells like shit when you walk in. And then as soon as you walk in, it smells like shit. And it just, I cracked up so much because it just, <laughs> I never noticed it. That That's joke the was for why. you. And then, <laughs> yeah, so this movie, though, honestly, I was so excited to to rate this movie. And because I only remember this movie, I think I stopped watching it uh, in my teen years. So I haven't watched it any time in my 20 years. So 
it, it's a movie that's been definitely I've been waiting <laughs> to watch it, and I feel like yeah, I feel We're like, through with our thirties. I feel bro. like this is I feel like this is a movie you could watch and you could see different little jokes and hear different jokes here and there every time. So I was really excited, Jeremiah. Well, this is the first movie I remember seeing on HBO, and I remember seeing on HBO when I was a little kid, like all the fucking time for whatever reason and everything like that, and. It was also one of the very first movies that when I rewatched it, I got to see a different movie because there was always kind of like an idea of a different take. It's really cool to see how unique this film is in a way where when it was released in theaters, you know, you have those three different endings, but those three different endings were actually in three separate movie theaters. So when a person wanted to see this movie in the theaters, it'd be like, okay, this is ending A, ending B, ending C. It was only when they went to the videos in HBO where they actually put all three endings in the movies. So imagine people watching it back in the day and not knowing, like, wait a second, what ending did you see? What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? That's not the ending that I saw or am I in? You know, so it was totally like a mind of its time, dude. People didn't know what to say. No, no, no. You watched yeah. the wrong movie. That's a different ending I saw. <laughs> But it's the jokes, right? You know, when I'm a little kid, I just like the um, the physical humor of it when I was a little kid. I thought it was funny as shit. But the jokes are just so funny. Like when when Wadsworth brings Colonel Mustard into the library and he goes, Yvette, can you get him something, anything? Within reason, yeah. Within reason, There was so much subtext. There was so much. It's here. Here's Here's where the movie was brilliant. And also, I think that as a kid, hard to watch and why we did I didn't at least attach to it earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's a very adult movie. Yes. Yes. The comedy is very is very funny, but um the the words that they use, the the dialect that's going back and forth, the the the, the what, yep. what do you call it? The banter is so steeped in like adult themes yeah. that it's so hard for kids very to follow. Quick, very and then, quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so it's funny hard. because it has such, it has such a sharp and witty tone all the way through to the point where, uh, you know, they're arguing about who else is in the house between, uh, it's not Michael McKeon. It's the other one. It's, um, uh, Colonel Mustard. It's Colonel Mustard. Oh, oh, Martin no, Mull. Martin Mull. Yeah. Martin Mull and, 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 uh, Tim Curry, he's trying to figure out if there's anyone else in the house. And it's like a, a minute and a half back like, and forth. And like it's like, no is there, is there anyone else in the house? No. <laughs> no. Is it, wait, does that mean there is people in the house? Like, yes. if yes. they use, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but no, sh- and it's just written so sharply, so beautifully. What I think that this movie does, and, and I'm going to throw a, a couple things out there, is it mixes comic genres right it does it really really well it's got the banter it's got the the quick witty dialogue but it's then it's got the the practical jokes right the idea of the the you know when he opens the cabinet and the the was the ironing board falls down and hits him on the head right so it's got kind of the, the physical humor and i mean you were talking about the the adult jokes one of my favorite things and actually I, I think eddie you sent the the little uh the gift thing earlier but you know when she's talking about uh how his 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 member was dismembered and you got all three guys cross their legs at the exact same time like to me it, it's a movie that you don't it's the kind of comedy that you don't see a whole lot of I'm, I'm not saying you don't see it anymore but you don't see a whole lot of and it reminded me of a peter sellers movie and i don't know if, if it did for you but oh, yeah. i feel like this had the the vibe of of almost pink panther-esque I mean, but this is very very based sure. in in peter sellers and sean before i let go i just have to throw this out there because uh i was saying this in my head the entire uh hour and a half as i was watching it but uh I want to see if you can uh, you can relate with me, um, but I'm Private Detective Gene Parmesan. Yeah, yeah, no, I know it's my how great ball. was it? To it's, it's, it's I love you so much. Ah, Gene! Okay, I was hoping to get that response. <laughs> but, so there we go. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> 
uh, I've been trying to get Brandon to watch a movie for years, and it's called The Court Jester. Oh, we watched and it together. The, the brilliant part of that movie, we didn't finish it. No, we the didn't. brilliant part of that movie <laughs> is the word play, and they take these they take these words that have multiple meanings and have misunderstandings at, from different points of characters, but nobody seems to catch the misunderstanding between them. And I have to say one of my favorite parts is as the movie progresses, you know, Martin Mould checks on the two bodies and makes sure that they're in the, in the library. Okay. Everything's good. <laughs> but then by the time Yvette is dead on the pool table, they all walk in and, Mrs. Peacock's been <laughs> fainting and screaming at every single death. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they all, all, they all just, they, seriously, they all just had this like, what's new? Okay, this is the fourth death now. And somebody said, this is getting serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after the sixth death, after the sixth death, the person got shot. Someone goes, this is becoming serious. Like, okay, not the first five deaths were not serious. But that's the thing about it. It's a fucking parody, dude. It's like making fun of the, like, the whole mystery murder genre. And it like does it Yvette really well. So much. Yvette was so cool. <laughs> But Yvette's cool because, you know, I didn't, when you watch this movie, you, you didn't know Yvette was like this spy of a spy and shit like that. that. But she's like a big part of the piece she of the is. movie. I never noticed that's how big of a role she was until I watched it this time. Is she or is she just in that one ending? No, no, no. So uh, let's talk about, okay, so this is the problem with this movie is it? it's just fucking funny. And there's so many different threads. I think we should talk about each character individually. Yeah. Yvette was a, was the woman that was with Colonel Mustard in the pictures right. that worked for Leslie Ann Warren's character. Yeah. Miss Scarlet. Yeah. For Miss Scarlet. What was it? The Fang uh, Fladango? Yeah. 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 Who had an affair with <laughs> Mrs. White's husband. Right. 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 Who had an affair with Madeline Cobb's husband. <laughs> Dude. But that scene is so funny. She's like, I am frightened in the dark. Does anyone to go with me? And everyone's like, I will. I will. But Mr. Green's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, thank you. And the only way this movie works is with the ensemble cast because yeah. everyone has their moment. Like, I remember Madeline Kahn being a lot more funny than she is in the movie. And if you watch the movie carefully – um, she laughs or she screams at the wrong time. The whole movie, the whole the whole movie. She's off. Like everyone else is screaming, and she's like, they finish screaming. She's like, ah! But the, <laughs> she's off in the corner. But the best. The and then best when they're singing, when she goes, ah! When they're like, she just got the little nothing screamed. But when they're singing, she's. He's a jolly good fellow. When Miss Pe- in the Miss Peacock ending, she's off. Everyone else singing. Yeah, she's com- she's a completely different tone. <laughs> uh, she's completely. She's not even singing this. She's like, and she's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> and it's just she's so fucking hysterical the entire time. <laughs> Her husband killed himself or no? No, she oh, killed. She that killed was the him. thing oh, she that she kept. Okay. He got she no kept him, but she never got caught. Oh. He's missing both heads, dude. <laughs> Oh, what did she say? Husband should be like husband should be like napkins, soft, soft, strong, and disposable. Disposable. <laughs> Remember when, like you know, Kurt Mosa goes, "How many husbands do you have? Mine or other women? <laughs> yes, five, just the five. <laughs> Dude, that was the funniest dialogue right there. But she was so straight and even, and just like, and and this was okay. I, I will say this, Christopher Lloyd. When he's overly funny, like when he tries to do too much, he's too much. Mm. He's like Steve Martin. Like I feel the same way about Jim Carrey. 
playing the straight man or more the straight man, I think they're way more funny. And Christopher Lloyd, when he goes and kills at the very end of the movie, when he kills the, you find out that he's the one who killed Mr. Body. And he goes, that was my butler. And he goes, oh, oh shucks. shit. Oh, <laughs> Wait, who like him? That was my butler. Oh, <laughs> he was so upset. What's really cool about this movie, man, if you watch it over again, you'll see the characters missing in the scene when they all get together and everything like that. Yes. Here and there, you start missing, you start seeing what Tim Curry is saying. It's like, hey, you yeah. weren't here in this. So you this notice, yeah. You weren't here when this person died. You yeah, this you notice died. these characters were not there or certain so characters were there, time. but it's just like, oh, okay, look at this. So you're seeing yeah. a whole kind of different movie. You see people come late, like in the, in the cook scene, when the, when the cook died, uh, I think I saw Professor Plum come late with Peacock. But something, mm-hmm. something happened around there. So mm-hmm. they were in behind Tim Curry all of a sudden. But I mean, like everyone, even uh, uh, the police officer, the random bystander who came with the, the broken car, uh, yeah. the telegram lady. It was just funny with everyone just – it was a very – it was a Knives Out before Knives Out was here. It right? really was. Or before the Glass Onion. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of it's, yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting you say that, Sean. I'm going back to uh, to Chris Lloyd. Now, Chris Lloyd to me is one of the funniest people ever i i think that he is so fantastic i i wish that he did more because i love seeing him on screen and he is one of the very few like you're right jim carrey when he goes full jim carrey i really can't stand it when adam sandler goes full adam sandler can't stand it when chris lloyd goes chris lloyd i i, I genuinely love that i really embrace that i do have i have one question for you guys though okay we have all played Clue. I think that we probably all love Clue. Clue was honestly one of my favorite games growing up. I remember playing it with like round after round with my grandma when we'd go visit her. Who was your go-to character? Now, mine is Professor Plum, and that is why I am titled Professor Plum here. He was my go-to. I loved mm. him. Mm. Uh, who was your go-to? Sure. I was Miss Scarlet because I had a crush on Scarlet from G.I. Joe back in the day, and I thought and I really liked that name, Scarlet, so I was always Miss Scarlet. Don't ask me why, but that was like my fucking go-to That's person. Awesome. And we're talking about little pegs, right? We're talking about uh, these little... We did not, yeah, we did yeah. not she was, have... She was red. She was the red peg. <laughs> She's little red one. <laughs> so understand that in my family, if you had three quarters of the game pieces, you were doing really well. So really, uh, <laughs> we, we were like, uh, yeah, I was always like Colonel... Girdle, uh, you know, Mustard. toothpick or uh, <laughs> whatever he had lying around is what we had because we are our, our keeping track of game pieces was just dog. <laughs> we, I think, Jeremy, we were very close with that too. I, I remember our pieces for like the weapons. We had like a toy gun from a GI Joe. We yeah. had you got switched out. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we had Monopoly inside yeah. the Clue yeah, game. You just use showed, pieces. Yeah, we all of a sudden the pieces killed with yeah. a puppy. Oh, those the wheelbarrow. I don't know. <laughs> it's I, the dog. I was the dog. I do, I do realize though. I recommend watching this movie before you play the game. I don't know. I feel like that would be so much better for the game wise. I I think we played the game, and as a kid, you just wanted to play the game because you heard the you know it was like oh clue a game I'm down. But I don't I, now playing it now. I feel like I would enjoy it so much more as an adult. Oh, I love itself. Clue. Oh, I love game. Clue, but great, I feel like dude. Clue now would be more intense yeah. as an adult. But for some you reason. know what's for cool sure. about this movie is that they really kind of designed the movie. You know, design like the sets close to the movie, mm-hmm. and they have the secret, like you know, secret passages mm-hmm. in the like, in the rooms that you're supposed to have the secret passage. Which yeah, you is get the corner cool. one, and it takes oh, you all the way to the other corner room. Yeah, yeah. 
the best part about the movie, what I think is cool, is that they didn't really go like, oh, you're Professor Plum because you're wearing purple or you're Colonel Mustard because you're yelling yellow. You know, I like the fact that they put a story just like, you know, happening in the McCarthy area and they're being secretive and you have to use an alias name. And I like how the weapons were introduced from Mr. Mr. Body. Yeah, for Miss Body. I thought that was a cool way to like to actually bring like the game into real life, which I thought. And was there cool. was homages it, while they weren't like overt. I mean, Miss White yeah. had that white under underside of her black dress. Um, Miss Scarlet had, I think, a red like um, scarf. Um, Miss Peacock with that hair and that sh- <laughs> that hair just kept. I don't know. Okay, it, here's my question. I want to know if Jonathan Landis. Was just like keeping this shit in the movie because he thought it was funny. But every time she turned, Miss Beacock, that hair hit her in the face. Oh yeah, like every time she turned, I guarantee it would just you. be right, and she would she would be moving it. And if you look she behind the she scenes holding of the people who were talking, she's just trying to like <laughs> move that shit out of her. Anyway, and Colonel That's Mustard funny. had kind of a, a brownish suit, so I think there was a little bit of that. But I would have liked a little bit. I like a little bit. More. Okay, well, besides, you, we were talking about let's talk about characters. So you said Miss, you said Yvette, the maid. So that, let's move on to Colonel Mustard or yeah. Professor Plum. All right, so Colonel Mustard, uh, to me, uh, Martin Mull is is the best part of the movie. Yes, he is fucking hysterical, and I did not care for him when he started. When he was introduced, because he was the first one to arrive at the house, you have the shit joke. You go into the library, and then everyone else comes, and everyone else has a better. Like entrance, all he does is look at the no, dude. Like, I okay, love, I love here. when uh, whoever was second <laughs> one. I'm thinking it was, um, was it Peacock? Whoever shows up second, when Tim Curry opens the door and literally blocks Martin Mole's character in, when when he just like gets yeah. shoved in the corner. <laughs> and what I love is that that he just stays there until the door shuts again, and then he kind of comes back out with the door. It's like it's just subtle, <laughs> subtle humor like that. That I think oh. is so uh, – it's not the type of humor that we have in movies now, and I wish that we had more of this. Where Listen, <laughs> I, I, I go back. I love Mel Brooks movies because they're just outlandish and stupid and fun, right? And I feel like we don't really have that nowadays in, in comedy. And I feel like this movie was a great encapsulation of, like I said, Peter Sellers, but also Mel Brooks movies where it's just like, let's just throw it out there. And if it sticks, great. And if it doesn't stick, then we're going to move on to the next joke and it doesn't really matter. Yes, Colonel Mustard. So do you think do you do you think Colonel Mustard is skittish? Because I, f- I feel like he's a lot skittish in this movie. Is that because of war? Or is that just because he's just a skittish guy and he's like and like he's like this a scaredy cat truly in down inside? I would say that Eddie has a point there with Colonel Mustard because I think Colonel Mustard's afraid uh-huh. of what he's done and that he made all of his money basically war profiteering off of selling stuff. And he's just like, who's got my secret and who do I have to kill? Like, I don't think he's, I mean, he's just like, he's looking around like, uh, uh, but, but I will say this. So, um, Blake Edwards is the other director. You're thinking yes, of, yes. Yes. Brandon, which is, he did a pink Panther. He did, um, uh, all, a lot of physical comedy yes. movies. And, and what, what this movie does is it really does mix that physical, ultra physical comedy mm-hmm. with, Great dialogue, and the dialogue of my, of Martin Mull when he's with Michael McKe- Michael McKeon when he's yeah. with Mr. Green, and they're talking back and forth, and they're they're you know Michael McKeon is so um, different than I've ever seen him before. Yes, because I'm 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 kind of uh, he was in Better Call Saul. I don't know if everyone's seen that show. Yep. Mm. He was Saul's older brother. He he was like a, a agoraphobic in that show, really really heavily. And he's been in a ton of shit, but he is 
fantastic. He's a fantastic oh, actor. If you haven't seen This is Spinal Tap, am I right, Jeremiah? I, I Mr. love Green, him. Everyone. That's he's, Mr. Green, everyone. Yeah. yeah no, but this is Eddie, 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 fucking in, great. In, in talking about Colonel Mustard, I, I think he that he is skittish. Gardening accident. <laughs> no, he choked on his – he choked on vomit. <laughs> it wasn't his vomit. <laughs> That's final tap, dude. I love it. Uh, no, Eddie, I, I think that the the reality with Colonel Mustard is that he's he's kind of a fraud and he knows it, right? That he is is isn't the war hero that he's putting himself out to be, right? He is a colonel. He says that oh, he, yeah. he is an actual colonel, but at the same time, he knows. And I think we see this when he he lets uh, when they're exploring the house. He he's he's like, I'm not going to go first. You go first, right? We see that Ms. he's Charlotte. not the. Yeah, he's not the you know the stereotypical war guy that and soldier that he's trying to be, and I feel like that's that skittishness with him at least is very much uh, the fact that he's not at all who he is trying to play oh, himself. I, I off. agree. Well, I agree. And, and one of my favorite parts that, that uh, Tim Curry is obviously yeah, brilliant about yeah. when he keeps reiterating that the the whole communist stuff was a red herring. He <laughs> yeah. says it like he says it like like to tell the audience over and over that was all a red herring. Like it wasn't subtle. It's like it's nothing. It means nothing, people. It, it means nothing. Well, that's such a critic. That's a critique of the the who done it, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michael McKean, like, you know, Mr. Green, I thought he's like one of my favorite characters in the movie. I mean, just all the time he's like, I told you I didn't do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I dude, seriously, for me personally, and the reason why I love this movie so much is because I think Tim Curry, he's one yeah. of my favorite actors, but I think he gives one of the greatest and probably one of my favorite performances of all time. And especially at the end of the movie, man. I mean, it's just, man, he earned his dollar. He earned his buck for this. Fucking oh, he's movie, running back and he forth? was just like. He was just going back and forth. Minutes was it's unbelievable, forth. dude. Like I love it. I love it when Tim Curry gets like Tim Curry, dude. Yeah. He's the shit, man. I mean, when he's when he's upstairs with, uh, I think it was with Mrs. White. Um, Mrs. White. Miss, was it Mrs. White? And he yeah. he's trying to find his way out, and it's the three way mirror. <laughs> he walks I'm into like, the restroom. I'm like, bro, this is your house. Like, how are how are you lost in your own house? And he turns the shower on, and it's, oh god. <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious, dude. Didn't but, you like, guys think that this house reminded you of Sean's house? Like, yeah, you know, it would be bit, the yeah. perfect clue movie. Oh, I mean, it would perfect be. clue night and shit. I was, was going to ask Sean uh, if we could do a, a Halloween party and have pretty much clue characters. And you can Eddie add maybe like two more. The next 25 all, years. And we all we all could just be a clue <laughs> character at your house. And whoever's whoever's not a clue character, just be invi- invited and just be a guest. Like well, a no, you could be Mr. Something. You could be Mr. and Mrs. Green. We'll be a couple Mr. Tops. and Mrs. White. Yep. Like you could, yep. you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you could be the butler. I'll be a Mr. Dobby, a Mr. Mr. Body. <laughs> no. That's so funny too, because like in the game, right? It's like the body, right? Yeah. You're trying to find the body who killed the body. So it's right. so funny. Like his name is Mr. Body. Well, there's a backstory actually that, that Clue gives you that the reason that you're trying to figure out who the murder is is that there is a murder of Mr. Body. So like that's how actually part of the Parker Brothers or whatever game. Uh, yeah. So that's actually it. that's like the backstory. You play that game a lot. I, so, I did, man. I literally as, as a as a story though, like. I mean, as a story, so bringing everyone together with a letter that that basically Mr. Bob is blackmailing all of these people. And then, and then, you know, it reminded me of a really bad, and then there were none. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Because it was just like, everyone's here and then all their secrets are revealed. 
and they're really not that bad of secrets. Like, if you really think about it, only two or three are really bad. Like, Mr. Plum. Mr. Plum is pretty bad, dude. He's a professor. So he had an affair with one of his patients and lost his license. And now he works for who? The worst health organization in the world. <laughs> My favorite part. That, that line when he says something like, I'm going to tell your secrets to your colleagues. And he goes, my esteem with my colleagues may go up if they heard my story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear that one. That made so much sense. Uh, but even like what he, even with the job he works, like the UNO, right? The WHO. You know, the, he works for yeah. the WHO. So it's yeah. like, it's bereaved, like, you know who, you know? You, that's pretty much what it is, dude. <laughs> I never got that. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll tell you, I got to watch this movie 12 more times to get all the oh. little the little funny. Because did they eat monkey brains? Like, what the yeah. fuck was that about? Mrs. Peacock, that's her favorite meal. That's her favorite meal. Popular cuisine, but Pop- not some, not suitable in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and the mystery goes, is that what we ate? <laughs> but I love, there's absolutely no was reason it for it. Cambodia? But <laughs> no, no, but no, he reason. says it like three times. <laughs> And I will say this. It's like the shit joke. It's like they found something that was remotely funny and they just kept <laughs> hitting it over the head until it was so funny that it just like you have to laugh. Like it's forcing the people to laugh. He goes, your souls are in danger. That guy with, you know, the heaven. He goes, yeah. she goes, our lives are in danger. You beat Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about Mrs. Peacock? Because Mrs. Peacock was to me, she kind of stole the show, even though she was not the most famous of the no, I loved her at the the dinner scene. I thought that she completely handled that scene and and just ran away with it, right? Because and she's playing her character so perfectly. We're the one that that's she's so nervous that she just won't shut up. And we all know somebody, or we've been in a situation like that where somebody just literally won't shut up. And and there's nothing more frustrating than being in a room with Sean. I mean, with somebody who just doesn't stop talking, especially when they got some drinks, right? And I feel like she she handled it. <laughs> really 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 well and uh and yeah i think but this is what you're talking about sean or this is what we were talking about earlier is that it's such an ensemble cast that you can we, I mean, this is exactly what we're doing right now we can point to different parts of the movie and say this character or this actor or actress stole the show here this actor and i think the only one that is i would say consistently on fucking point is tim curry right absolutely tim curry but no peacock with that dinner scene yes. i mean she she handled herself fucking amazingly I was gonna say also when she drank the when she drank the the poison yeah. uh, bourbon or whatever and she, she <laughs> screamed. Sure. They're like, "Well, is it poison?" And they're like, "Well, we'll have to see." <laughs> Unless she dies first. But every time she faints, they say, "Catch her!" And then <laughs> literally right. this, the scene pans over. No, it pans over all slow to someone running over to catch her, and they never catch her. Yeah, Tim Curry was supposed to catch her, and he slipped right through his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, going along with that same joke though, when they're carrying the when they're carrying the cook though, and they 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 walk in, I think, and Mr. Body's gone, and one of them drops her. And then the other one drops, and you just see her just like smash on her face. It's just it's that's the humor, that's the that physical humor that we're just missing, man. Well, why, and it, why did they why have, they the, have the two women? Yeah, the two the, the, the three <laughs> women in the front. Like, why would you? What what's going on there? That's the, that's the funny Cur- part about and it. Curry dude. mustard. <laughs> Curry mustard. He's like, okay, over there. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mr. Body. Yeah. And then Wadsworth, Wadsworth's like, careful, don't get blood on the sofa. Like he's trying to still keep everything clean. <laughs> After he has his, he has hit in the head with the, the candlestick. Did you guys notice when, uh, when he's doing the reenactment 
and he throws <coughs> Michael McKeon into the bathroom. Yes. Where Mr. Body was. He comes out, toilet, the toilet's flushed, and he's got a thing in his hands, and he throws it in Martin. Yes. <laughs> it's like there's so much shit that happens in the background of this movie that you got to watch it again and again. He kept Tim Curry kept throwing a, a Mr. Green down on the ground, and he oh, Mr. Yeah. Green all of a sudden just like, "Will you stop doing that?" It just, yeah. yeah, he did it like five times, and the last time he took a piss and or like wiped and he wiped his hand. It was hilarious. Shit. You guys like oh, me, Scarlett, because I read something that Carrie Fisher, she had the role. And within a week before the filming was starting, she had to go to rehab. And so the director and oh, Carrie Fisher, they agreed. So much better. Said well, that, hey, you know, better. you would be able to like, you know, be in the movie. But the problem was that the insurance company of the movie was like, nah, dude, that's yeah. too much of a fucking risk for her to do that movie. So, yeah, she got. She would have been good, Sean. Outcast, I don't know dude. if she would have been good. She lost. Yeah. Oh, she's wicked. She's wicked. And Leslie and Wool was great, but there was something missing. Gravitas from that role. And I think Carrie Fisher would have been a little heavier, a little bit more sassy. She would have, I think she, she might have been. I feel that, like she might have been. Better. I feel like she pulled off the Madame kind of thing. I, I thought she was good. Leslie brought her own thing to it, man. And I For thought sure. it was really good. But it would have been kind of like her competing with Madeline Kahn, you know, and yeah. Madeline yes. is just, she's a fucking rock star in this movie. Well, she's, she's I, very I subtle know. in this movie, but she's so fucking good. Yeah. I don't know how you compete with her because she doesn't do anything. She, she does nothing. <laughs> the whole movie. She does nothing. All she does is make, ah, and she screams. And all she, if you watch her, her hands are like this and she's running around the house after everyone else. And at one point, Tim Curry is bringing her up the stairs and, and she fucking face and he just keeps going and he's just like, fuck it. She's fallen. And I was also behind the scenes and she's like, that was all intentional. Like I'm, I was just like, oh, it'd be funny if I fell. And he just kept going. So that's what we did. And it's like, she was just like, oh, man. From my understanding, she ab-libbed that scene. She ab-libbed that whole scene. The flames in the side of her face. (laughs) You know, because it was was all supposed to be like, yes, I did kill Yvette. But she goes, the flames? The flames on the side of my face? Breathing? (laughs) Heating? And she kept doing it over, but all the cast kept laughing and laughing after three takes and shit, dude. Well, if you look at the one in the movie, Martin Moles in the background going... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yep. What the fuck are you but, doing? You know what? I care admitting to all this death. But a performance <laughs> like this, I love when actors kind of go against type, right? Because I, I mean, granted, my my when I think of, of Madeline Kahn, I think of Blazing Saddles, and I think of just her as this completely outlandish, yeah. beyond beyond the caricaturish, you know, character. And it's nice to see like Young Frankenstein, restra- yeah, and Young Frankenstein, right? Restraining it in, and, and and seeing a character who is just as funny, but in a completely different way. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Christopher Lloyd in this is that because he is restrained. Now, I could have, I would have been happy seeing Chris Lloyd just like lose it at one point, and, you know, just go off on a on a Lloyd rant. <laughs> but I think that it's really cool uh, when actors really just say, "Fuck it, I'm going to do something different," but at the same time, own it when they do. And I think that's what she does with this with this role. So we've talked a lot about positives. Does anyone have any negative to say? Because I've got I've got two or three negative dog shit joke that to me won't change my score that much. But my negative is the music. I've never I hate the opening sequence music. It's just not my thing. Oh. For whatever reason, I just don't really I, care about so it. You know you what I'm saying? You didn't think about like Psycho for some reason. I got Psycho in my head. Like I got like a scene. I got like a circus vibe. Oh that's God. what I got with the Jeremiah, intro. Dude. Literally, like, my second point. My second point on my notes is use of suspenseful music is great. 
Like literally, I loved it because it was oh, it was, <laughs> it was par- You know why? Because it was parodying and making fun of the Agatha yeah. Christie's. I thought it. I thought it was so good because it was. And you know, I don't know if you when you it's on Prime, right? And so I click on Prime, and it has the little like little tags of what it is. And the last tag is campy, and I'm like, that's such a perfect tag and, and descriptor for this movie. And I think that because it's it's making fun, it's, it's such a true a parody. parody. Yeah. Um, but no, I actually, <laughs> I thought the music actually. Did did well for it. You cut, but you kind of have to know. <laughs> this is one of those movies where you have to know what you're getting. It's like Young Frankenstein. It's like Hollywood Homicide. If you don't know that it is a hardcore comedy movie, and you go into it waiting for something else, you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. Because I, I was like, is this so supposed to be like serious, suspenseful, funny? Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is straight up. Young Frankenstein. It's making mm-hmm. fun of a genre. It's making fun of the characters. Yeah. They're making fun of like they're at one point they're making fun of the government. They're making fun of communism. They're making fun of the witch hunt. <laughs> it's dark. It's still dark. It's like it's right. a comedy, but it's fucking dark when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, when they're discussing like whose wife or whose husband did what in their fusion bomb, and they all work in Washington. When they're sitting around the table, it's like these. This was serious shit in 1985. Like. I know it wasn't the Red Scare 1950. We were still dealing with the Cold War, I believe. Right. We were still dealing with the Cold War. So it really did tie in to like modern fears that who who you're sitting across the table from could be a, you know, could be a Red. Or a socialist. (laughs) Yeah. So I never knew that. We all made mistakes. I feel like that was an issue because, I mean, this was 1985 and it said 1954 is when the movie was in place. And I thought, I was was wondering, yeah, is when it was set. So I was wondering as I wait, some of those jokes, I understand it now after you're talking about, but it passed me at the time. So (laughs) 1954 was the height of the Red Scare. It was McCarthy. And in Hollywood, particularly, they were, everyone was a communist. And if you knew a communist, you were a communist. If you went to a communist party, you were a communist. Everyone was a fucking communist. Is that why Tim Curry says, my wife, she was friends with communists? Yeah. <laughs> no, she was a socialist. She was, socialist. She was a socialist. So no, Sean, it, it, you're asking for things that that detracted from the viewing experience. Negative. I have, yes, I do yes. have a strong one, and I know it's it's petty, but at the same time, I I couldn't stand watching uh, leaving on screen as Mr. Body. He was such a bad actor. He was so. Ah, right. Uh, did anybody else feel that way? Mr. Body, the acting that we got. I from thought he him, didn't yeah. fit. He, he didn't, didn't fit. fit. He didn't fit. But at the same time, he didn't fit not because it, uh, to me it was intentional, but he didn't fit because you've got this, this yeah. really fantastic group of actors. And you've got this one guy who literally, and I looked him up, he's a musician, so he's not even a, a like a, a qualified actor. And, and he's from this he, punk band Fear in the yeah, day. That he 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 stands out and, and in a bad way. Uh, I really, but honestly, that one was so frustrating because you've got such a when you have somebody who who stands out in a negative way against a great ensemble, it just makes it stand out even worse. It's like a bad catcher in baseball. You can always tell if it's a bad catcher in baseball. He could be a remotely okay catcher, yeah. mm-hmm. but if he's bad, it's you know, like, Sean, oh, I never, terrible. I never had that. <laughs> I never dealt with that, though, Sean, especially in college. Never. Well, Sean didn't play catcher. It's okay. Um, so I was agree, I kind of agree with Brandon. It's like, it, it stood out a little bit now, rewatching this movie with Mr. Body. as It's like, okay, he doesn't fit. Like I feel like, or I think Sean was saying it too, it's like, 
I feel like there anyone. I don't know. It could have been this another character, maybe given more roles, or just it felt like it was pushed. I don't believe now at the very end with、uh, Tim Curry saying, "Oh, he was my butler." Maybe、mm-hmm. maybe an older guy could have been more realistic. I don't know. Some same age. It just seemed far fetched. He was too. Oh, but have you seen Downton too,、uh, Abbey? Have you seen to... Downton Abbey, Ed? Because then you would、yes. know that age has nothing to do with butlerhood. Well, maybe he was too dirty to be a butler. If that made sense, he didn't. Yes, he I, he didn't I, look, I hear you. He didn't, look, he didn't look like a butler. Wait, what was the joke <laughs> in the movie? It's like, what do you do? I'm a butler. What is that? I butler. Butler, sir. <laughs> I butler. I butler. I butler. So, <laughs> Brandon, I agree with you. Like leaving is 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 not one of my favorite parts of the movie.、Yeah. You know, and I believe the reason why he look he's uncomfortable in the movie because he's supposed to be uncomfortable in the movie because he is、mm. not supposed to be what he is. And I actually like the thought of like you know he was trying to double cross Wadsworth, trying to kill him. When you think about、yeah. it, so he can actually you know survive and everything like that, which is kind of funny when you think about it. If you look at his point of view of you know of his part of、yeah. his character. I, I, I think it detracted from the movie, although I think it was de minimis. Yeah, I think it was a very small. Like I said, it's a it's a petty argument. I did not like him at all. Yeah, yeah. So which one? Yeah, Sean- like I didn't like the singing telegram. Unnecessary. It was. She was an、uh, unnecessary ad. The singing telegram. It's because they all the- needed to kill someone. They just well, it's like they for, threw yeah, her in that's there. That's exactly right.、Yep. <laughs> and then the way she died was hysterical <clears throat> because she was just, just opened the door and were like. Boom! Like there no, there was no substance. She did nothing wrong. She did nothing. Like she was not even part of it. It was like, ah,、oh, fuck it. Boom, done. And then because it was, she wasn't even killed by Christopher Lloyd, who killed the butler or or Mister Mister Body. Mister Body, yeah. And and ah,、oh, shucks. I mean, just the look on Christopher Lloyd's face. Like, wait a minute.、Ah, who do I kill? Who do I kill? <laughs> So Sean, you said there was there was a couple things. Sorry, what's what's、yeah. another argument that you have? So you didn't like the, the yeah, singing telegram. Didn't like singing telegram. Didn't like、uh, the Mister Body. And I wish that we had had. And this is a personal problem with the way movies wrap up. Versus, I, I don't think it detracted from the movie for normal people. But I still didn't buy the ending. Yeah, I still didn't buy the way. Like Madeline Kahn says it perfectly when in, in, I think it was the second ending or the third ending when my,、uh, when. Martin Mull says, "But I don't understand one thing." And she goes, "One thing?、Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like I need a little bit more." I liked Tim Curry's ending the best, where they all had killed somebody, and they all you know, the last one. Yeah, I that's what, that that's what the they said too. They said, "Here's what really happened." I think they. Yeah, that but a, that's not how the movie was originally pitched. To my wife, I know, but well, no, 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 no. Actually,、um, there was a <laughs> fourth. That was my wife. <laughs> Oh, that was great. That was a great fucking line right there. That was a great line. I also like the part where it's like, "We'll make a long story short, too, too late." late. <laughs> But if you guys didn't know, there was actually a fourth ending recorded for the film, and it was actually Wadsworth poisoning each of the character, and him actually almost gained away. And that he almost got away, but he got eaten by the dogs at the end of the movie. I remember that? I, th- I feel like I remember that. Yeah, you know, he killed everyone because. They weren't. He wanted the perfect society, and they weren't part of the perfect society. So he had his own reasons why. I was like pre-saw right there, <laughs> exactly. But they thought it was too like ah,、oh, dude, that, it's just too dark, and so they decided to remove that fucking last, the fourth ending. I'm gonna throw some quotes at you that you may have missed. These are the underrated quotes of Clue. Why is the car stopped? Said Miss Scarlet. Miss Professor Plum. It's frightening. It's frightening. It's frightening. <laughs> I fucking know these lines inside and out, man. Fucking keep going, dude. Are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? You don't, you don't need, need any help, help from me, me, sir. That's right. That's right. 
pretty good, Jeremy. Husband should, husband should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. Everything all right? Yep, two corpses. Two corpses. Everything fine. fine. <laughs> I was in the hall. I know because I was there. <laughs> and to- I actually believe like the last part of the movie, the last 30 fucking minutes of the movie is just, it goes fucking crazy. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I just like the fact he's like, all right, I know the killer. And they're like, you do? Then it's Tim Curry's movie for the rest of the fucking movie. Right. And then I like that music, though. Don't you like that music after that? Like the background yeah, music the same, from yeah. there on out? It was. Yeah, it's good. It's just, I just I just didn't like the intro. I just didn't like the intro. No, but it. if I'm being real honest, to me. It reminded at, me a little of the sting. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit there. No, the ending to me when is it was almost too manic and too, too crazy. I mean, I think it was great seeing Tim Curry run around, but. Um, I think that this movie, 1985. My, my, one, one, my one real true criticism of this movie is that it played things out too long, right? I've already talked about the, the dog shit joke. I think just got played out a little bit too long. I think the ending gets played out a little bit too long, right? It's fun and funny seeing Tim Curry run back and forth and everybody chase him and everybody, right? It's kind of one of those meta jokes where they're like rolling their eyes because it's going on so long. I get that. But at the same time, I do think that if they had taken that that ending and dropped even five minutes from it, it would have been a little bit better. Because I wonder how you feel me. about only watching one of the endings. You know, that's something I actually thought about as I was watching it. You know what I mean? Is I think I might have actually liked that better. Just just have that final ending. And, and I get why they did it, because the whole point of Clue is that every time you play, it's a different outcome. But Which ending do you like the best? The, the last one. He likes C. He should have been to the theater C to see the I should have C seen ending. C. <laughs> right, but no, it, I think that's the real ending, to be honest. Yeah. And there was two two of them were the women. Mrs. Peacock was one, and Miss Scarlet was the other. Yeah. Which, that's so anti-Agatha Christie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And not be a poison. But by the way, the whole poisons, the po- poison scene is straight out of Agatha Christie because everyone in an Agatha Christie story gets poisoned. Every single, <laughs> like, she uses poison 75% of the time. <laughs> and so it's always it's always in the cognac or the, so, the Cuvassier or the sherry. So the first ending, Miss Starlet's scene, she had Yvette kill two of the bodies, right? The, the cook and two. Mr. Body himself. Yeah, and then she killed the rest. Uh, and then uh, we're talking about Peacock. I don't know. Peacock. Who, I don't know who she actually killed. I don't know if she killed Mister Body too. I, I got confused. I think his... in that one, Colonel Mustard killed someone. I thought so too. He killed the motorist. Yeah, the motorist and the cop. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, Scarlet killed the cop. The... He came through the. <laughs> okay. Oh. I can't remember. You know, bottom line is the, the, the end the ending doesn't really matter. It was funny the whole way through. Was, yeah. so- <laughs> you know what would have been funny if the cops came in or one like the the FBI agent and he comes in, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have wrapped it up no. amazing. No, it, it, it would have been like funny if Hoover came in just like, hey, I called you. What's up? <laughs> what is that line? Uh, your government is is associated with covering right. up triple murders. Yes. What do you think the guy the man <laughs> yeah. in charge of the department's name is Hoover? <laughs> and that brings us to the inner review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Colonel Muster, can you please provide the scale, please? Yes, with a candlestick in the library. Um, zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a Phil Gertrude's cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber lifting home. Four, rough morning walk of shame. Five, blacked out, shit face, spring break drunk. Professor Plum, Brandon, please provide me with your score. 
I think that Clue is severely underrated for a comedy. Okay. And I think, uh, that maybe I'm a little bit more biased and I'm going to give this score a little bit more of a, of a nudge because it was nice to just sit down and watch a funny movie and not one that, that is bashing us over the head with a whole bunch of serious issues. Sometimes it's nice to just sit back and watch a movie and laugh and not have to think because honestly, if you try to think this movie through, it's not going to make any sense. There are so many, I mean, I, Jeremiah, I agree that, that they played it well. They've got characters coming in and leaving early with, you know, subtly, but at the same time, this movie yeah. is just a, a, a mishmash of confusion and it's okay because that's the whole point of this movie, right? I think that this movie mm-hmm. did a good job of, of establishing a, a, not really a type of comedy, but reverting back to a type of comedy that was kind of lost and it was nice to see it reemerge. I wish and I'm hoping that someday very, very soon we're going to have a movie like this that brings back, you know, the the Blake Edwards, the 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 Peter Sellers type of humor that we just haven't had. Right. And I, I think that just having a movie like this and seeing it again after not seeing it for a very long time, it was refreshing. Um, I don't think it's a it's a particularly amazing movie cinematically, but I think that it's a fun movie that we can see. You can sit down, you can watch, you can throw in on a Friday night because you got nothing else that you really want to watch. It's it's a movie that I do think mm-hmm. that more people should be seeing. So it's definitely underrated and underwatched and maybe underappreciated. And for that, um, I'm going to give it a, a 1.75. Again, it's it's not an overly amazing movie, but I think that it's a really fun movie. It's above average to me by by a long shot. Um, so yeah, 1.75 is what I'm going to give it. So uh, Jer, I'm going to go straight to you now. No problem, no problem. Yeah, um, I like where you're coming from from your point of view in this movie. And to be honest with you, Clue isn't a perfect movie. It's not the best movie ever. You know what I'm saying? It's not a zero, but it is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it's because of just the cast is just legendary. This ensemble cast is just, they're so big in this movie that I just wish I could be a part in like what they were doing at that time because it was just, you can just see the magic that was happening with this legendary cast, man. And I also think this movie was a kind of a trailblazer, man. I, I think it's really cool that they were able to do something to, and I don't think it has done it before where a movie goes in the theater and it lets the audience choose how do you want the movie to end and shit, dude. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. And maybe down the road, they might be able to do something like that. Who's to say, you know? But the thing about this movie, and this is the reason why I like this movie so much, is I think Tim Curry gave one of the best performances of all time. It's one of my favorite performances of all time. He is one of my favorite actors. And it still stands the test of time of this performance here. And I love it so much. I think it's the perfect movie to watch it in the fall and Halloween season. And and it's the perfect movie for all you crazy Agatha Christie, you know, stories, murder mysteries. You know, it's the perfect movie that setting is just like, you know, to have a really good time here, especially, you know, with your friends and your loved ones. So this is a one drink for me, you guys. Simple as that, dude. It's a good time. One of my favorite movies I love to watch anytime during the season. Uh, Sean, you want to go? Sure. Um, I think that uh, this movie puts together one of uh, uh, one of the funniest, if not the funniest ensemble cast you could possibly ask for in a film. You've got brilliant performances by we've talked about Madeline Kahn. We've talked about Martin Mull, Michael McKeon. These are legendary comedic actors that aren't these big budget, big, big actors. They're just yeah. in the right place at the right time. And they're fucking hysterical. The writing, the directing, the music, I can forgive anything in there that uh, might not be perfect because this movie is eclipsed by obvious 
um, obvious scenes where the characters were able to kind of just go. They were able to go and, and freelance and, and be funny and be their best selves. Uh, Brandon, the, I believe that the movie you're looking for today will never happen no. because our comedy is bound up so much in what you can't say yeah. and you shouldn't say. And it's so dangerous to say because people just won't say it anymore. Yeah. What they said in this movie about what was going on in the world, nobody would have said in 2023. <laughs> so. Unfortunately, I think this comedy is lost in a generation, and what a generation of brilliant comedians. So for me, I, I have a hard time rating this movie only because for what it is, I think there's not many better comedic ensemble movies. Mm -hmm. There's not very many. There, I mean, I can't think of maybe A Fish Called Wanda, maybe, you know, That's if you're one. really getting quirky, Spinal Tap, or... um Best in Show, that group, the Christopher Guest group, maybe the um, John Cleese group that was, uh, you know, what were Monty they? Python. The, you know, Monty Python. Monty Python. Uh, but as far as just putting comedians together in a, in a, in and letting them just shine, I don't think I don't think there's much better. So mm. I'm going to give this a one. A one. Um, I wanted to give it a one point five. I think it might be a little low at a one, but God dang it, if it's not just just brilliance on screen and you can watch it. I love it. Cause you can watch it 10 times and still see, still see different things. You've still seen a different and movie. It, yeah. It, you know, I can watch step, step brothers 10 times and it's the same joke <laughs> 10 times. And, I, and I'm not disparaging step brothers. It's funny, but it doesn't do the same thing that this movie does. This is mm -hmm. intellectual subtextual humor that just hits you at different times. And it, I just, I think it's wonderful. So a one, sorry, be so long. Oh, Ed, go really ahead. well said, you know, um, I was just looking up that, you know, clue the board game came out in 1949 or 1948 around there. And for this movie to come afterwards, I think they did a great job. Uh, it's something that I think, Arguably, the best part of Clue is that there is multiple endings. It's something that, like Jeremy was saying, it's a trailblazer. Uh, and, you know, I don't think it uh, did amazing in the box office release at the time because it was no one knew what the hell was going on in this movie. But I think it quickly became a classic, and it's still mm -hmm. loved today. And I think, if anything, it's more appreciated today. It, it, this is a movie that keeps getting. Uh, more love as the the years go on because they realize how much depth and detail this movie gave with a very easy uh very easy setting right and it, that doesn't happen in a lot of movies uh the cast just had it going on uh tim curry when you say tim curry you think of three movies in my head i think of i think of uh it, it? i think yeah. of home alone 2 and i think of clue that's what I think. I think the other, the other one you think of is uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show. show. I, I don't think of that because I've never watched that. So, Everyone else does. <laughs> so I think of Home Alone Two, It, and Clue when I think of Tim Curry. But I, yeah. this guy is—he uh, definitely led the cast, uh, and I, I love. Every character has a different. Just uh, I, I, I could pay attention to one character in the whole movie and just enjoy the movie at the same time, and just I learn so much. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna watch this movie again. Let me just see Mrs. White this time, and just laugh my ass off. It's a it's a funny movie, it, and it's it's like a horror movie, but at the same time, it's so funny, and it, it's it's hard <laughs> to sit, it's hard to like label this movie. And I think that deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I'm along with Jeremiah and Sean Store. This is a one. 
for me. I don't think I, – I can't give this more than this. This is one of my favorites. It's a one. There's a little parts here and there I wish it could be better. But overall, I'm not going to – I don't, we don't want to change this movie for anything because it's just exactly – it's a one for me. It's, it's a movie that I enjoy to watch. All right. When you take those uh, scores and divide by four, what does uh, Clue get an average rating of? Let me see that, Professor Plum. All right, it's a one point one eight seven five. One point. What the fuck did you give it, Brandon? You gave it a one point seven five. Oh, I stand by, but at the same time, I do feel bad. One point one eight seven five. A one point one eight seven five. Jeremy, where does that put us on the movie? I think we've had that one before. We around like fifteen, eighteen. I'm gonna guess. I think it's lower. It's tied with uh, number seventeen with three other movies oh. here. It's tied with Good and Bad and the Ugly. It's tied with Star Trek, and it's also tied with Werewolf by Night. All right, I mean, but what's better than it? Oh well, Jaws, Breakfast Club, The Departed, yeah, Gladiator, Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, Iron Man, No Way Home, Sam Up. What's <laughs> What's worse? <laughs> what's worse? Nah, you guys are not going to like this. Point here. Break is well, worse. Aliens worse. Uh, uh, Elf, Signs, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Star Wars, way down there. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Glass Onion. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but all those are kind of worse. And this yeah. is innovative and different. And, and well, while it's not this mainstream big movie, it's it's unique. Yes. Well, Eddie said it earlier, and I think it's well it's said, 100%. Sean. You would not get Knives Out or Glass Onion without Clue. You just won't do it. Right, uh, a yeah. caper yeah. or not a caper, a whodunit yeah, humorous, a humorous whodunit. Right, this this was a lot of ways, like like Jerry said, it's it's a trailblazer film in a lot of ways because it showed that you can mix genres, which was not a new thing in 1985, but you can mix genres and do it well. You know. All right. Well, uh, if you are a fan of the podcast and if you enjoyed this review, we ask which, you to please subscribe wherever you're listening and give us a five star review on iTunes. Yeah, how could you not? How could you not? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast. You can visit our website, gentlemanpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out to us by email, uh, it's hosts with an S H O S T S at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks with a new movie. And uh, with that, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. Remember when he broke Sean, Sean? Was it one of your nice glasses? No, it wasn't me. Was it, it, Jer- wasn't it was me. Jeremiah. I remember yeah, that. It was Eddie. <laughs> it was I Jeremiah. thought that was Eddie. <laughs> it was, was, it, was it one of your glasses? No, I never give Jeremiah good glasses. Sean gives me the plastic cup. He's like, you're still cool.